Hi friends and welcome to Live Life Well, the podcast. Our mission is to empower millennials to thrive and not just survive so that they can live a life full of purpose, joy and delight. My name is Amy and I'll be sharing the life-giving practices and lessons I've learned on this journey of failing forward. We'll be talking about how to balance your career, business and passions while maintaining your physical, mental and spiritual health. I'm dedicated to sharing from a place of authenticity and I'm going to give you VIP access to my conversations with wise mentors and guests. My hope is that by the end of each of these episodes, you'll have something you can apply to your life so that you can live it well. I hope this also just feels like we're sitting across from each other in a cafe over a nice cup of coffee or your favorite beverage and having a chat like old friends. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. Hello, hello. And welcome to episode two of Live Life Well, the podcast. My name is Amy and I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening to episode one. And I have just been so amazed and floored by your feedback and your comments. Just to mention a few, um, we had a few reviews on Apple Podcasts as well. So I thought I just wanted to give those people a shout out and to say thank you. So we've got Natasha, who goes by Tashi Boo, I think, on Apple Podcasts. And she said, consistency of your why across your products and services is your brand's greatest strength, Amy. Listen to it. Love how calming your voice sounds, which is perfect for a wellness-related podcast. Thank you so much, Natasha. It really means a lot. And then we've got another one from, I think, my friend Doug in uh, the States, who's who's under the name Dougie Review, and he says, Amy, you are the real deal. I hear a lot of words these days, but there is more than words happening here. Looking forward to the journey. So really excited and just so glad that you are excited about this journey as well. So I asked on my Instagram page for this podcast, live life well underscore the podcast, about what kind of questions you might want answered in this post, oh sorry, not this post, in this episode around my origin story. So this, um, yeah, this podcast, like I said, is about empowering millennials uh, to thrive and not just survive so that they can live a life full of purpose, joy and delight. And in order to, I think, understand, I guess, why this podcast is so important to me personally, but also why um, I felt like it was important to share the things that I've been learning, I think it's um, with any good story, it's important to understand the origins of, I guess, the person who's speaking or the hero of the story. And yeah, so I put out... um, just a request, I guess, to see if anyone had any questions. And that was also on my LinkedIn as well as I think my Facebook page. And yeah, so we have a few questions. We have one from catch underscore him underscore dairy, who I know is my friend Aaron. So hi, Aaron, if you're ever listening to this. Um, He has asked, when did you first try art or lettering and what made you first enjoy it so much? And then we've also got Joyce, who is on Instagram as Joyce E. Gelati and she has also asked a whole range of questions as well um, including what was it like growing up 
Asian Australian. How did this shape your identity and values? And we've got a few other ones. What were some of the mental uh, slash unconscious barriers you had to overcome to become the woman you are today? How did faith and uh, family impact you? And then how did you become the kick-ass boss today from my childhood quiet best friend? Yeah, so Joyce actually knew me when I was around like three or something like that. So it's been very interesting reconnecting after very many years. And I guess she can definitely attest to the fact that I was a very quiet child. Um, but yeah, so I'll try to answer these questions through the sharing, I guess, of my story. And, you know, if you really wanted all this, you know, nitty gritty details, we'd be here forever. But I will try to kind of just hit on some of the key um, aspects of my story that will hopefully help understand, I guess, the person that I am today and also then give you, um, yeah, a little bit of a background, I guess, to the lead up to this particular podcast and, yeah, why I think I think it's such an important thing for where we are right now. So if we keep going on, let's see, where to begin? I was born and raised in Melbourne, Australia. Um, I am the oldest child um, to my parents, Nathan and Esther, who were both actually the first kind of like refugees, uh, you would say, um, that came out to Australia from Vietnam. So they came out to Australia probably in the 1970s, 1975, I think, and, um, you know, were welcomed by Australia. And um, my dad's initially settled in Sydney and then my mum was in Melbourne. And then long story short, they, you know, married and settled in Melbourne. And yeah, so I grew up kind of actually on the west side. So my grandparents um, were also like sponsored by my dad to come to Australia. And we started out there and then um, I think a few years in, um, my dad uh, decided, oh, I'm not sure about the timelines of all this now that I'm thinking about it. But anyway, at some point, um, my dad went to Bible college and became a pastor of a church. And uh, so I grew up in a church environment and faith has always been a really um, core, I guess, value of mine. And so it will kind of inevitably come out in the things that I talk about in terms of my values and things like that. But yeah, it's always had a huge impact on my life. Um, I think the other fact as well is that my brother Samuel, he, um, he, we have a two-year age gap and he was diagnosed with autism when he was about three years old, I think. So that's another kind of aspect that has really had a huge impact on our lives um, all these years. And I think one of the things like I remember when I was growing up, it was... It was tough because I think when you're a child and you have, say, someone who has special needs in your family um, and you are told by your parents that, oh, we can't do this because, um, you know, Samuel um, can't, you know, sit for long enough and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, you'd kind of get really frustrated. And I think that definitely when I was younger, I didn't really appreciate my brother very much or love him, um, if I'm being honest. And um, it's only kind of been in later years where I've realized that having someone with special needs in your family um, does um, can change you um, for the better. 
for me, definitely, I think because um, with uh, Samuel's kind of type of autism, it means that he doesn't fully understand all you're saying to him. Um, and he has a very one track kind of mind um, when it comes to, you know, what he wants and all that kind of stuff. And so you have to be really patient. And I think that because of, yeah, Samuel's uh, presence in my life, all these years, it has meant that I have built a fair level of tolerance, I think, for different difficult personalities. And um, I think understanding that, um, yeah, there's a lot more to a person than meets the eye sometimes and that we can't make huge assumptions. I remember kind of growing up, I didn't know this is this podcast is actually going to go down this track, but given we're here already, so... Um, I think when I was younger, sometimes we would take Samuel and like we'd go out as a family shopping and Samuel would kind of be quite noisy in shopping centers and flaring his hands up and down and, you know, um, and people would give us really nasty looks, almost like, you know, why don't you control your child and why don't you, you know, you're such a bad parent kind of, you know, you get that vibe from people. Um, and yeah, so it used to be really hard and I think because of, um, experiencing that negative kind of view from people um, or judgment, I should say. Like I've learned to not judge people as much um, and realize that we all come from a different place and you have no idea what that family could be going through, you know? Um, yeah, so I think that that's definitely had a huge impact on my life. Um, and so, yeah, kind of fast forwarding, um, you know, I had the wonderful opportunity to go to um, a private girls school in Melbourne um, and you know on a pastor's salary that's like unheard of really and um, yeah had the opportunity to be sponsored I guess like through high school um, all the way through and finished my year 12 VCE and initially I wanted to go straight into law like I had this um, moment in year 10 I remember going on a um, a commerce excursion to the magistrate's court in Melbourne CBD and yeah it was the first time that I had my eyes open to what the legal system was what the justice system was and all the way up until that point I'd wanted to be a teacher because I just had really great teachers and I just wanted to be like them but um, yeah it was that moment it's just interesting like how sometimes things can just drop into your life and then all of a sudden like the whole trajectory of things change and um, yeah I just grew um, I was very attracted to the idea of being an advocate for someone who had no um, understanding of the law or standing up and representing someone who um, didn't have a voice so being a voice for the voiceless was a huge um, attraction to law and then I yeah decided to um, pursue law I guess and even though I didn't quite get the marks in um, VCE to go into law straight away, I decided to, um, yes, just do my arts degree. I was still interested in psychology and criminology. And so ended up doing those two as um, my uh, majors in arts. And then I decided to, you know, give um, applying for law school a go and yeah, got in, which is I'm very thankful for and yeah so it was three years of arts three years of law and then kind of coming on the other side of university 
um, having the opportunity to do um, a few clerkships along the way and then it was yeah my first year out and um, thankfully I was able to secure um, employment which is I know very hard for any law student who is listening to this um, yeah I feel your pain because I didn't get any um, priority offers which was really painful and then I actually had to contact someone that I had met along the way um, his name was Derek hi Derek if you ever listen to this um, and he actually suggested that I reach out to um, the firm that I ended up working for and and yeah we had some chats I had an interview and eventually got the job so yeah it's um, often unfortunately with the law and I think with a lot of things it's it's who you know um, sometimes even over you know how well you do in university and things like that so I guess maybe one lesson that can already be drawn out of my story is that start building your connections. I think start doing things outside of the norm and reaching out to people, particularly now with technology, um, you can get access to people that you normally wouldn't be able to get access to, particularly on LinkedIn, because you could just add someone like as a connection and then send them a um, like a direct message. And you never know, because I think that um, particularly if you've been in a profession for a long time, you realize that um, everyone had to start somewhere and you you build up your own networks and connections in such a way that you want to be able to help and give back to other people who are younger than you. So yeah, that's, um, I guess, one thing um, I would say that has come out of my story is definitely like connecting with people and reaching out, asking questions. There's no, usually never any silly questions, I would say, when you're kind of just learning and growing. Um, yeah, so that was my first job. And then I was kind of in my first role for almost, um, so did my traineeship year and then was admitted as a lawyer in 2014. And then it was, yeah, I would say that just prior to all of that, like I had done some um, you know, vacation work and things like that in law firms and kind of uh, decided along the way that employment law was something that I was interested in. And employment, uh, the reason for that was mainly because I really loved interacting with people and the personal nature of law. And I just felt that, um, you know, initially I was thinking family law would be a good fit because, you know, it's very personal, but at the same time, it was a bit too personal. Like I remember going into a meeting with um, a family law lawyer, like during my tra- um, traineeship and the person was sharing their story and I just started like tearing up and I was like, oh, this is not good. I, th- I don't think I can fully separate myself from the client's emotions and things because um, I think I'm quite empathetic that way. Um and yeah, so I thought, okay, no, no to family law, but maybe I, I was having a chat with a lawyer, probably in that field at the time. They're saying, look, you know, if family law is not for you, that potentially employment law might be a good medium because it's still a very um, important area of law. Most people will have a job in their time and it's very relatable, but yet you can help people separate themselves from it because it's not, say, like their family or something like that. So yeah, so that's kind of like a very simplistic reason as to why I became interested in employment law and why I decided that that was going to be something I wanted to pursue. Um, 
So in my first firm, I, yeah, always put up my hand and said, look, you know, I'd love to do employment law if it came up. And, you know, at the time it just wasn't, um, there just wasn't enough of it to go around. There was already someone who was doing um, the employment law work. And yeah, so probably after a year or so, um, practicing as a lawyer, I was just like, oh, I don't think, you know, my dreams are going to get fulfilled at this place. And so looked around for an opportunity. Um, again, reached out to someone I'd met along my journey and um, they said that if I wanted to pursue employment law, they would give me the opportunity to learn and to grow. Um, yeah, and I took that leap. So that was, um, yeah, really exciting to finally be able to practice in that space um and then it was kind of I would say it was actually in my first year of being a lawyer that I realized that I didn't really have anything outside of the law for myself like I was um serving in church I was playing music you know serving others those kind of things and I had work, um, but I didn't really have any hobbies just for me and for my own enjoyment. So it was kind of in that space where I discovered um, uh, modern calligraphy and it was just through scrolling on Instagram and seeing one of my friends doing um, the, um, yeah, modern calligraphy stuff. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And um, the reason why I found it attractive was also because it had a very low entry point. <laughs> um, it literally just need a piece of paper and a pen and you're good to go. So um, it was, yeah, about 2016, I'd say. Yeah, some, somewhere around there that I was like, oh, okay, I think I'll give this a go. And so I just did it for myself. And I didn't want to bother my friends too much with, with sharing my lettering stuff. So created like a separate Instagram page and just kind of enjoyed it and um it was only until probably 2007 or probably at the end of 2016 I'd say that um when uh my now husband and I got engaged um and so I was very excited to then be able to use my lettering skills to do all the signage and all the place cards for our wedding day and I look back my at my own work and I just realized like how bad I was but I still loved it and I enjoyed it and it was probably you know after that when we were on our honeymoon and I was actually pretty exhausted I was like oh, I'm just gonna leave this lettering stuff aside um, because I was just tired from planning a wedding and all the rest but it was just during that time that one of my friend's sisters messaged me and said like well you know I saw that you're doing this lettering stuff I'm gonna go to a workshop would you be interested and I don't know in that moment I just said yep let's do it and so in December 2017 I attended my very first workshop um, where I actually was learning from someone else and I just realized that as I was sitting in that class that I actually had picked up a fair number of skills in the last year and a bit that I'd just been learning by myself. And uh, the instructor was actually very encouraging. Her name was Liz and she just said, look, you know, I've only actually been doing this for a year, um, but here I am teaching you. So if you're, you know, have um, an interest in this, you could definitely be teaching someone else how to do what you do. So yeah, it just was probably the spark of inspiration, I guess, for 
for me to think about starting maybe teaching other people, thinking about turning my hobby into uh, a side business or side hustle. And yeah, so it was probably about the start of 2018 that I had this thought. Um, didn't really do anything too much with it at the very start of the year. Um, I was just newly married and I just moved into a new home. And yeah, it was um, probably yeah about three months into the into the new year, um, we uh, experienced a personal tragedy, which I'll go into at another stage. But it really kind of hit me really hard, and um, there was a lot of grief and there was a lot of sadness. And during that time, I just found that writing, um, slowing down to write in the modern calligraphy style really helped me um, kind of get through that really difficult time. And um, because I find it quite therapeutic, um, I think the interesting thing with modern calligraphy and when I was teaching workshops as well, is that um, you have to do it slowly. You can't actually do it quickly, um, when you, particularly when you first start, because there's um, a mindfulness aspect to um, creating the letters, creating the strokes, and um, for me during that season of um, kind of healing like I really slowed down to write you know scripture passages and things that would encourage me and uplift me and yeah I just found that it was just such a um, like I said a therapeutic thing that I really wanted to share that with other people and yeah it was just kind of um in the next few months after that, so I'd say probably by May, I had come across a particular business coach, um, side hustle coach, you could say, called Ruby Lee, who I, I love dearly and um, would still consider her a friend. And yeah, she just kind of took me down this journey of um, kind of owning your hustle. And I really embraced that with two hands and you know, tried to understand what was my personal brand and also how to be unapologetically me and, um, you know, just being yourself, I guess, on social media, particularly if you're like promoting a new business. And I kind of got to a point by about the end of um, July where I was like, yep, I think I'm going to do this. And so I was still working at the time as a lawyer and I felt that it was really important to let my boss know like what my intentions were because I didn't want to have to hide that side of me from, you know, my workplace. And so I remember asking him to go for a coffee and then he was like, oh, you know, you're not leaving, are you? And I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I just wanted to let you know that I'm planning to take my hobby and turn it into a little business. So I'll start talking about it on LinkedIn and all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to make sure that that was all good. Um, it's not going to conflict with the work that I do for you as my employer. And uh, to his credit and um, yeah, Con, if you ever listen to this, you have been such a good mentor to me. And also, you know, you really allowed my wings, you know, allow me to spread my wings when it came to my business. So thank you. Um, but I just remember Con saying, if you, you know, a lot of people play football or, you know, do other things outside of their working hours. So, you know, if this is something that you want to do, then just go for it. Like as long as it doesn't conflict with what you're doing as a lawyer in, 
in you know in the job that you have with us then there's nothing I can do to stop you from it so that really gave me a huge boost of confidence um, to launch my business and register an ABM business name and yeah August I think the second 2018 was when Art by Ames was born and the mission and the vision of that business was to bring hope and joy through modern calligraphy because that was basically what modern calligraphy had done for me and I just wanted um, my customers or whoever looked at the artwork that I created for them the typography to just feel that sense of joy or feel that delight and and hope that comes from the words that I put to paper and yeah so probably for the first three months or for the rest of 2018 I was so gung-ho you know and I was working close to home at the time as well so I was um, able to use my mornings before work and after work and then on the weekends to really build my business and to do a lot of custom work but I found that by the end of last yeah by the end of that year I was actually really burnt out and I just realized that it wasn't sustainable what I was doing so had to slowly like make some changes and 2019 like um even though and like I said person of faith so I was like oh god please be the CEO of my business and uh but the reality was that I was still very much driving my business and you know trying to push for sales and do all the things that you know you try to get seen and known and have authority in an area and it's all like you know kind of good things they sound really good but um, because I think I was also comparing myself with people who were working or doing their business full time, whereas I was actually working full time as a lawyer and also um, trying to build a business. So it's, it's that um, fine line of not comparing yourself with others um, who are in a different situation and have different starting points um, than you. Like I was watching a video even this week that was just talking about that exact same thing that, you know, we all have different starting points. We all have different situations. We all have different priorities. So we really shouldn't compare ourselves with others, um, when it comes to running your business or, you know, if you've got a passion for something, um, just to really understand like that we have our limits as well, um, as human beings that, if we don't look after our health, we don't look after our relation, our significant relationships, then there's no point to having a successful business, if that makes sense. Um, but 2019 was really my journey of that because um, last year was also the year I decided that, um, you know, I hadn't had enough of the employment law experience I was looking for. Um, and so I changed gears a little bit and worked um, in an employment law class actions firm which is very interesting. Um, the work was very interesting and I enjoyed, um, you know, my time there. But um, yeah, it was kind of, it was also based in South Melbourne and the commuting really got to me in the end. Um, and I think it wasn't exactly the kind of work that I was wanting to do in the long term. So, you know, there was all these things, all these factors that were happening. I was still trying to run the side business and um, you know, as much as there was a lot of goals that were kicked in 2019, um, by the time September rolled around, um, I was not looking after my body at all. And I developed an infection that had spread to my kidneys and my stomach area. It was bad, guys. It was really bad. <laughs> um, I, 
yeah, it was flat on my back and was in so much pain, ended up being on antibiotics, which is thank goodness for that. But um, it really taught me a lesson that I just pushed myself way over the limit. I'd burnt myself out and um, no one was benefiting from it, basically. And um, yeah, it's that sense of like having so, having so much output but not enough input, like I guess, to look after yourself. And yeah, I just remember lying there on my back and being like, okay, God, you, I can't do this anymore. I really need your help. And also that I needed to make some changes in my life. So I went off to a conference in Queensland and this was already scheduled and I had an opportunity to learn from a lot of like leaders in the industry and things like that. Um, but the one session that really stood out to me and really was all I needed, I, I think even from that Queensland um, conference was um, a session that was run by Ruth Limpkin, who I don't know if you'll ever listen to this, Ruth, but your 20 minute speech made such a huge impact on me. Because um, I remember you talking about the six dimensions of health and how if we, you know, only focus on one and neglect the others, then everything is actually out of balance. And it really impacted me because I realized that that's what I was doing. I was like, I had focused all my energies on this one area that my health, like I said, my health, even relationships, like I love my husband and he has been so good in terms of giving me the freedom to just explore my interests and things but I, I did feel like a sense of disconnect with him even though like he was like yeah you know you go do your stuff and but I knew I was neglecting that area of my life as well so yeah I just came back from that conference being like okay I need to get myself back on track it's you know this is just not working anymore for me um yeah and so I, like I engaged like a personal trainer started changing my eating habits, sleeping earlier. Um, yeah, started making those incremental changes and nothing's perfect. Like even now, like sometimes I stay up way too late and eat, you know, not the right things. But I think it's just that um, slow progress, like one step at a time that has really made a huge difference. Um, and so towards the start, and I should just say as well, in 2019, at the start of last year, I had actually had on my mind to do a podcast like I actually had been talking to so many amazing people that I was like oh I really want to just capture this somehow but I didn't even have that mental capacity or space in my life to start this podcast so start of 2020 rolled around um, I decided to take it really easy going into 2020 I didn't make any huge big sweeping goals or anything like that. Um, I just really wanted to start from a place of rest. And um, yeah, and even kind of in the lead up to Easter um, during the Lenten season, like I just took some time off social media. And there's just so much value in doing that. Um, if there's any, another lesson to kind of come out of this is that, um, you know, sometimes social media can just, be very noisy and um, taking that time away you know in the quiet in the private to work on you know yourself and what um, maybe what wisdoms can be gleaned away from the public is really important and I think it was in that space that I was like okay yep live life well is going to be launching this year and um, I had you know put out I think my trailer initially thinking that, yeah, you know, I'll just launch it in May. Um, 
didn't realize the coronavirus side of things was going to be um, had going to have such an impact on our lives but you know that happened and yeah and so here we are now like basically you know wanting to just share my story share the things that have shaped who I am um, but hoping that in you know sharing my story and sharing from people that I've learned from myself that it will be beneficial to someone and actually show you how to navigate I guess this interesting times um, of coronavirus but also like just life in general because there will always be ups and downs like there's never I don't think there's anyone who can say that their life was smooth sailing and even like the greatest um, you know heroes of our time will can can usually point to a point in their life where they had to struggle and it's usually in the struggle it's usually in the trials um, that we grow the most so I think that's kind of um, something that I hope comes through in the stories that we share and the lessons that we, um, we yeah, kind of engage in together. So let me just have a quick look because I feel that I've kind of answered all the questions that have come up. Um, so yeah, we talked about art and lettering. Oh, in terms of growing up as, as an Asian Australian as well, I think that being um Asian in particular meant that I had this level of drive and wanting to work hard and that's because that's definitely what my parents have done like my parents came here with nothing and you know have had to work really hard my dad was working in a restaurant and you know tire factory all that kind of stuff and you know I'm so grateful for all the hardships that they had to go through too so that we could live you know a relatively comfortable life Um, but that also then means that I want to give back as well. So that's definitely shaped who I am as a person. Um, oh, mental and unconscious barriers. Um, okay. So I think just touching on this briefly, and this might come out in a different episode as well. I think one of the things that stopped me, uh, that was challenging for me when I was first starting my business was, um, what are people going to think of me? Uh, particularly as a lawyer and being like, oh, you know, how can, how can you call yourself an artist, you know, like you don't have any formal training or that kind of stuff. So a lot of that was just kind of owning where you are and um, understanding that you do have something to offer. Um, Everyone does, you know, even if you say you're not a leader, but you're, you're ahead of someone out there and someone else is looking up to you, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so I think that comes with a whole lot of responsibility as well and to live life well. And um, yeah, I think the mental barrier that I had to overcome was definitely that sense of like, there's something of value that I have to give and share with the world. So um, yeah, when I guess that kind of passion is stronger than I guess the mental barriers of what are people going to think of you then that's how you overcome them I guess um yeah we might explore that topic another time as well and yeah I think I explained a little bit of my journey of how I got to where I am so yeah so I think that's my story um I just wanted to give you a general overview of who I was and I guess the different aspects and particular people who've influenced my life and hopefully that now legitimizes a little bit of what I'm going to share going forward. But in episode three, we are going to explore these six dimensions of health that I mentioned earlier. And um, yeah, we'll just kind of start there 
And then after that, we will pick one of those dimensions of health, uh, explore that a little bit further, then get in a mentor or an expert to talk on that particular topic. And then we'll go on from there. So I think that is it. (laughs) And let's call it the end of episode two. And I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It was my joy and delight to bring it to you. And I do hope that you are excited as I am about this journey of discovering what it means to live life well. I would love to hear your feedback on the episode and what you're looking forward to. So please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to this podcast. I would also love to extend an invitation to join our Instagram community where you can get some behind the scenes of how we record this podcast, have further opportunities to engage in the content we share and also meet like-minded individuals on their quest to live life well. You can find and follow us on Instagram with the handle livelifewell underscore the podcast and you can find what's happening with my small business over on Instagram as well with the handle art.by.ames. Thanks again for joining and see you in the next episode.